everyone. I'm Sandy Caldwell, and you are listening to episode number 40, yep, we're getting up there, of Quote Cabana Corner. I hope that you'll go grab a coffee, tea, water, juice, whatever you feel like, and come back and join me for some quilty discussions and book reviews and life updates and all that good stuff. So go on and get your coffee and meet me back here. Okay, so it's been a busy month around here. Lots going on uh, quilty-wise and family-wise. And I guess that's just what happens when you have three daughters who are 16, 14, and 12. We've got all kinds of things going on, like um, new boyfriends and a licensed road test coming up and um, tooth implant surgery for poor Amanda tomorrow. She's having four posts implanted tomorrow. Um, I'm sure this is going to be painful for her, but she's being a trooper, so... Uh, hopefully that'll all go, out, go on without a hitch. Tonight we've got her National Honor Society induction. And we've just got all kinds of things going on. So, but hey, that's what keeps life moving, right? If we weren't doing that, we'd just be sitting around doing nothing, I suppose. <laughs> that's what I tell myself anyway. So I was going to begin with a thank you to Tina of Wheezy Works Podcast for her lovely review of this podcast on iTunes. I appreciate that, and I appreciate all the iTunes reviews that I have received in the past as well. So keep those reviews coming so we can let other people know that uh, this podcast and other quilty ones you enjoy are worth the listen. And speaking of podcasts that are worth the listen, and I actually believe uh, Tina from Wheezy Works mentioned this one in her last podcast, I've been listening to The History Chicks. And uh, The History Chicks are about an hour-long, sometimes more podcast by two two young women, uh, Susan and Beckett, I think are their names, and they present a very informal history lesson that's very fun to listen to. So far, I have listened to the one on Hattie McDaniel, who's from Gone with the Wind. I've listened to the Wizard of Oz one, and 1950s Housewives, and the one on Julia Child, which I enjoyed very, very much. So give them a try if you haven't already. I also wanted to give a quick update on the postcard swap. The fall fabric postcard swap has happened and postcards were due to our partners by Halloween, which is October 31st here in the States. And hopefully everybody has sent and received their postcard and put a photo of them in the Flickr group. And I will post a link to the Flickr group in show notes on my blog today for that. So last podcast, we talked about possibly having a podcast, not a podcast, a potholder or mug rug swap. I've heard from a few people, it seems like the majority are maybe more interested in potholders, but that doesn't mean that we can't do both. We could sign, um, assign people based on what their preference is. We can do anything, you know me, no rules, very simple. That's how I roll. So um, keep the ideas coming if you're interested in that um, and just let me know and this will all take place after the holidays because I'm in um, no position right now to take on anything else because I've been taking on so much with my website this month my website which is www.quiltcabanapatterns.com now has an online shop that you can access from that website and I have all of my patterns there for sale and that's in the paper form, not in the downloadable form. So you'll need to go to Craftsy or Quilt Woman if you're looking for the downloadable form. 
So you can uh, go there and see the patterns and read about them. And I also have, oh, maybe seven or eight different notions that go along with doing a fusible applique pattern, such as heat and bond, uh, fusible one yard packs, applique pressing sheets. I have some really, really cute um, hanging pin cushions. It has a little, um, a little loop on the back so you can hang the pin cushion right on your design wall. I think those are adorable. Um, I've got the purple thing and some Clover Wonder Clips as well as an Omni Grid folded, um, it's like eight and a half by 11 and it's like a little portfolio and you open it and half of it is a pressing surface and half of it is a cutting mat which it would be fantastic to take away on retreat. So go and check it out and uh, let me know what you think. And if you'd like me to add something to the store that you would like to see there, just let me know. And I will take myself over to New England Quilt Supply, which is the distributor, and I will pick it up and we will get it on there. So uh, give the shop a try. And let's see what else is happening. Oh, this week on my blog on Friday, November 21st, today is the 18th if you're uh, listening in real time or not, but on November 21st, and that's 2014, is my day on the 100 Blocks blog tour. And the blog tour is currently happening right now. If you go to the Quilty Pleasures blog, which is Quiltmaker's blog, they will direct you to everyone who is hosting a blog stop that day. There's giveaways and all kinds of fun stuff. You can go on and see how we came up with our blocks. Mine happens to be Hummingbird Haven, so you can see how I thought of the design for that and um, check that out. And also on my blog recently, there's been, uh, because this is the 10th um, volume, so there's been a thousand blocks, we all were asked to send in video clips or have ourselves videoed at Quote Market, uh, just doing silly things with the number 10. So I'm in there. Um, and I had to laugh because I didn't tell my mother about it. So it was a surprise for her when I sent her the video clip. And there I am with like so many great people, Nancy Mahoney and uh, Nancy Zeman of um, Nancy's Notions. So it's just funny. I showed the video to my kids and they were like, oh my God. <laughs> so uh, they don't they don't care too much really for what I'm doing in my quilty life. So. Um, that's okay, but I thought they might see, might think that it's fun to see me in the context of uh, lots of other people doing the same thing. So, and I also had a little invitation to the blog stop, my blog stop for the day. That was a separate video that they asked us all to do. So that was something that was fun. I can't tell you how many takes it took for me to get these videos done, like a thousand. I think I ran out of room on my phone. Um, uh, you know, you just, you try too hard and you're like nope I don't like that or I don't like the way my hair looks or I don't like the way the light is shining it's just crazy but it's done and over so uh, come on and check out my blog on the 21st I would appreciate that and try to win something and at the end of the week Quiltmaker has a huge giveaway where everybody has donated items uh, to be given away in the grand giveaway so that is that let's see what else is going on uh, oh, let's see. I think we already talked about the Fall Jubilee Bedrunner that was in Quilter's World for the Autumn issue. 
I'm teaching a workshop that I'm excited about. I'll be teaching at my guild's winter free workshop. We're going to be making two of the mini quilts. That's in the third seasonal trio pattern set. So I'm super excited to teach that and kind of get my feet wet with that. And um, I put together a lecture and trunk show that you can read about on my blog. And I think that's about it. Oh, I also, um, I've been writing some greeting card copy for Blue Mountain Arts, if you're familiar with that card line. And two of the poems, they call them poems, I just call it greeting card copy. But two of the cards that I have sent to them are in test market currently. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you will be buying a card with my poem on it, my prose, my sappy prose. And recently I just sent them off another one. So I'm hoping to hear from them that that's also going to go to test market. This is something that takes a long time to come to fruition. The test market period is 18 to 24 months. So it's one of those things where you send it to them and then you just forget about it and you work on something else. And if it ever comes back that yours was chosen, you're like, yay, go me. So, and you get a nice little check as well. So hopefully keeping my fingers crossed on that. And hmm, I think that's about it for my news, which is probably more than plenty. Um, I'm currently working on the frozen makeup bags, which I've posted on Twitter and on the blog. And that is for a craft fair that I am vending on December 6th. If you live near East Bridgewater, <coughs> Kim Pratt, <coughs> uh, come and see me. I will be at the Christmas on the Common festivities, which is held in the center of our town. It's a Christmas parade that Leo will be marching in with the dance studio and a big craft fair and there's food. And then in the afternoon, all the different dance studios perform. So I will be vending a table right up until the moment that Leo's dance company performs. They have all new routines I'm dying to see. So I'm trying to negotiate with my daughter, Lindsay, to mind the table for me while I go watch Leah, uh, Leah dance. So fortunately, at this moment in Lindsay's life, she's all about books and she can be bribed and bought with books. So um, the plan is to, in exchange for her time at my table, buy her some books. So that's Christmas on the Common, December 6th from 9 to 3. And that will be my first time vending too. There's a lot of firsts going on. I actually, when I think about it, I could just feel sick in my stomach, but uh, I'm hoping it'll all go smoothly. And the reason why I'm making the frozen makeup bags is to sell alongside my patterns and notions that day. Whereas this is a craft fair, not a quilt show. I'm thinking I won't have large number of sales for quilt patterns, although I'm told that the traffic at the show is of a very crafty nature, that there are a lot of artisans who come in. So hopefully I can sway one or two of them over to the wonderful, I won't say the dark side, but the dark side of quilting and maybe get some signed up for something that I'm thinking of doing, which is going to be called coffee and quilting. And this is like a drop-in at my home just to get them started on how to use their sewing machines and to make some basic quilt blocks and stuff like that. So more to come on that. It's all in my mind starting to filter out into concrete plants. So I'm going to take a break for a second while I review my list of things that I want to talk about and I have a couple of book reviews coming up and also um, a review of a Quilters Gathering Quilt Show that I attended two Saturdays ago 
and um, talk about the Boston Modern Quilt Guild, which is a, um, a modern quilt guild that is part of the larger modern quilt guild that my mom and I attended on Saturday. So I'll be right back. The first weekend in November was a quilter's gathering show up in Manchester, New Hampshire. It's a medium-sized quilt show, I would say. It's bigger than your average local guild, but not as big as, say, an MQX festival or something of that nature. And it's something that my mom and I have attended together for quite a few years. We always enjoy it. Unfortunately, this time she couldn't go because she was attending a memorial service for someone. So I headed up there um, by myself, which was okay because I had my History Chicks podcast to keep me company. I was learning all about Julie Child as I drove there. And I arrived to lots of vendors and... Um, a lot of beautiful, beautiful quilts. It, it seemed to me, though, that the show was maybe just a smidge smaller than it was in previous years. It used to be held at a different hotel, and they outgrew that space a couple years ago, and then they've since moved to a larger hotel in Manchester. But the quilts were gorgeous, of course, as always, and... Um, I ran into my friend Pat Delaney there, and she had several beautiful quilts, which I did blog about. So I'm actually not going to talk too much about this quilt show because I feel like I blogged about it already. But I saw um, there was a beautiful red work quilt where the person had done a whole cloth and um, painted the outline of some fir trees. And this, again, the photo of this is also on the blog. And then she did Zentangle in red thread inside the tree and she did some beautiful free motion quilting in the background and it just struck me as so beautiful and then I just really got the urge to want to do some red work and there was another one it was a crabtree lane crabtree lane pattern crabtree hill something like that winter wonderland pattern so I went to one of the vendors to see if I could purchase it the pattern itself was about $27, and what I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't realize this, probably because I've never done it before, but all of those uh, beautiful embroideries for this large size quilt have to be transferred from the pattern to your muslin or whatever you do it on. And I just looked at it, and it was so big, and I thought, okay, I'm never going to get to this. So I left it there. But what I did instead was I came home and ordered some little red work ornaments to work on from uh, Keepsake Quilting, I think. It's like five or six little ornaments. Seemed more my size to get started with this, so <laughs> that's what I did. But I was inspired by that. Uh, I was inspired by a lot of quilts I saw. Um, just trying to think. Some of the highlights... The highlighted quilts, as I mentioned, they're, they're, the pictures are on my blog, and it's so hard for me to recall it now. But the show was good. There were a lot of vendors, but like I said, not quite as many. I did run into listener Lori Kay. Hi, Lori. It was so great to meet you. If you're listening, I had sat down just to make sure I'd sort of accomplished all I set out to do at that show, which my primary um, reason for going up there was to see how quilt samples are displayed in vendor booths. Where I'm going to be vending this craft show, I'm trying to figure out how to hang my quilt samples. So, of course, up there they give everybody, you know, like walls around their stall that are already covered. So, I saw a lot of binder clips holding quilts up. I saw a lot of um, some clothespins, stuff like that. So, I'm just trying to get it all straight in my head how I'm going to present my stuff. 
So I wanted to do that. I wanted to check out the vendors. My mother was looking for a charm pack um, of Christmas stuff so she could do another advent calendar like we did for the church fair. Um, and I wanted to drop off some of my company brochures and stuff to the big information table in the center of the room. So I did do all of that. I had a nice lunch and I think I was back home maybe around three or four or so. So it was a quick trip, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Not as much fun without my mom, but it was fun. And so this brings us to what we did last Saturday, which was a trip to Natick, which was more than 20 minutes to get there. And the Boston Modern Quilt Guild was having their November meeting. Now, the reason why I knew about this was because three or four people from the Boston Modern Quilt Guild came to my guild that I am a member of in Watertown, which is called Quilters Connection, and they great present in modern quilting and their guild in particular. And these ladies were so funny and so laid back and so welcome to inviting all of us to come and visit them that I really felt like I wanted to go. So my mother agreed to go with me. She met me there because she's coming from a different direction. And uh, once we found the building, it's, it's held in the basement of the Fabric Place basement. The Fabric Place is a fabric shop that a lot of them have gone out of business, but they still maintain one or two of these Fabric Place basement shops. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in these shops, you will find all kinds of notions, thread, tons of fabric but it's not the most recent fabric it's almost like it must be closeouts or something but they do a batting and, and this stuff was priced fairly reasonable I didn't see any huge huge deals but it was priced fairly reasonably uh, I didn't really I think I just bought a oh I bought a 120 inch tape measure because my 60 inch one just doesn't cut it especially when I'm making bed runners and stuff so anyways I purchased that and then we went into their meeting and it was cold in there. It's, you walked through the doors into almost like their warehouse type part. And I will say it was very chilly in there. And there's also a gym located above. So you could hear all the ruckus of like weights being dropped on the floor or something. So it was kind of a weird thing, but everybody was very, very nice. And what I liked about it, especially was that they have a show and tell every meeting so no matter what you're working on if it's in progress or not in progress or uh, or finished whatever um you can bring it and show it and everybody's very supportive of each other through that and also their big thing is uh if you want to bring something to the modern quilt guild and call it modern they're okay with that they're not sticklers about you have to have i don't know all solid colors or you have to use all your negative space you know, they're just like, hey, whatever, bring what you're working on. It was very relaxed. I liked that a lot. It was a small group, maybe 35, 40 people. Um, they had snacks and let's see. Oh, and then they had four members of their guild did little like five minute demonstrations on small projects. One was a keychain type thing. One was a, a hot, hot pad done sort of in fall colors. Another was those hot cold packs that you can microwave when you need it cold and I mean hot and then put it in the freezer when you need it cold. And another one was dish towels with like a decorative trim. So you got to walk around and eat and talk to people and see four different demonstrations. So membership in that guild will get you membership into the greater modern quilt guild. Um, 
So I think that I'm going to join, but unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but I can't make it again probably till April because their December meeting is open to, only to guests and it's being held at someone's home. It's their Christmas party. The January meeting is being held on the same day I'm teaching a workshop at my own guild. The February meeting is my scrapbooking weekend and the March meeting is their retreat. So I will be joining, but just not probably until April. But that's okay, because I'll miss all the bad weather for that long commute, and I already belong to a guild that's an equally long commute. So uh, just something to look forward to, and I'll keep up with them on their blog. And um, as I move maybe towards some modern quilting projects of my own. So I was just listening back for a minute and heard myself say that the Boston Modern Quilt Guild December meeting is only open to guests, and what I meant to say was their members, sorry. Sometimes I just get so excited and start talking fast and then I mess stuff up. Anyways, up next will be some book reviews and a couple things in magazines I saw that sparked my interest this month that I want to share with you. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, a little out of breath. We've had a locksmith here this morning working on some doors that were not closing properly and I've been running up and down the stairs in between recording this podcast and answering his questions. So, ah, take a deep breath. All right. Let's start with books I just finished for book club, which was Leanne Moriarty's The Husband's Secret. This is a book that's been out for a while. I know a lot of us have read it already. It was excellent. If you haven't read it and you are a fan of Leanne Moriarty, who also wrote What Alice Forgot, that we also read for book club and was also excellent, you will want to pick this one up. Um... I pulled the screen up over on Amazon just to read you their description because it's usually better than my own and uh, it's basically it's her fifth novel and it puts three women in an impossible situation and doesn't cut them any slack Cecilia Fitzpatrick lives to be perfect a perfect marriage three perfect daughters and a perfectly organized life then she finds a letter from her husband John Paul to be opened only in the event of his death she opens it anyway, and everything she believed is thrown into doubt. Meanwhile, Tess O'Leary's husband, Will, and her cousin and best friend, Felicity, confess they've fallen in love. So Tess takes her young son, Liam, and goes to Sydney to live with her mother. There she meets up with an old boyfriend, Connor, while enrolling Liam in St. Angela's Primary School, where Cecilia is the star mother. Rachel Crowley, the school secretary, believes that Connor... St. Angela's phys ed teacher is the man who nearly three decades before got away with murdering her daughter, a daughter for whom she's still grieving. Simultaneously, a page turner and a book one has to put down occasionally to think about and absorb. Moriarty's novel challenges the reader as well as her characters, but in the best possible way. This book was so good, I can't even say enough about it. It was such a page turner. Very, very interesting. This month, I also read an, actually another book by her, which was called The Last Anniversary. And although that was a good, nice story, it did not have the page turning feeling that The Husband's Secret had. So, but it was still good. Definitely worth the read. A very nice book that was called The Last Anniversary. I am also reading something called The, Motiva blah, 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 the Motivation Manifesto which is written by Brendan Burchard. Brendan um, Burchard is 
uh, he's the best-selling author of The Millionaire Messenger and Life's Golden Ticket. He's founder of High Performance Academy, Academy, the legendary personal development program for achievers and experts. Academy, the world's most comprehensive marketing training program for aspiring authors, speakers, coaches, and online thought leaders. So he is... Um, he has written this book, and uh, it's hard to describe exactly what it is. It, it's basically helping you find your voice and your charge and getting you psyched up to accomplish something in your life every single day, to let go of things that hold you back, to move forward with purpose. It's kind of about seeking your personal freedom kind of all these things rolled into one so uh, it's interesting and after the first few chapters you're just like yes I want to get organized I want to be full of purpose and do all these wonderful things and um, and you will I think if you read the book I'm not done with it yet but I definitely have um, it's kind of helping me bring my mojo back that I lost over the summer so that's Brendan Burchard and it's called The Motivation Manifesto and it's very, very interesting. Um, the description here says it's, it lifts the reader from mere motivation into a soaringly purposeful and meaningful life. I love this book and that's a, a quote by um, Paulo, Paulo Coelho who wrote The Alchemist. So if you're into things like The Alchemist and Brené Brown, you too might find this book very inspiring. And now that I just stayed up late last night to finish The Husband's Secret, I'm going to be starting the third book in the Kansas Troubles. Or is that the name of the book? Kansas Troubles. But the Earlene Fowler books. She wrote Irish Chain and Fool's Puzzle. And I had gotten those for Christmas maybe last year? Maybe the year before, not sure. But um, they're very good books, and my mother had taken the two that I had, and then she just brought me down two more. So tomorrow, while I am waiting for poor Amanda to finish with her oral surgery, I will start this book. These are nice, cute little quilt stories. I like them a lot. So those are pretty much all the books that I've read and have been reading since the last podcast. We'll be having our book club meeting again soon, so we'll be choosing another one. Okay, let's talk about magazines. And then we will wrap up this podcast for the day. Magazines. Well, before I say the magazines, I finally figured out the name of this book. <laughs> it's it's the books from the Benny Harper mystery series by Arlene Fowler. So I just wanted to get that right before we move on. Okay. I am looking at American Patchwork and Quilting, and this is their December issue. And all I can say to you is that I have dog-eared so many pages that I'm not going to talk about right now. But you need to go out and pick this magazine up. There are so many cute Christmas projects and quilts. Just so much stuff in it. And some really nice articles. There's especially a nice one on the Boys Town. And this Boys Town, I believe, is in Omaha. And it's... It was founded, I think, in 1921 by Father Flanagan, and it was Father Flanagan's home for boys, and it eventually became the village of Boys Town. 
and um, it's basically a boys' orphanage. And I've I've heard about it all throughout my life. Never really had a good understanding of what it was, but it's basically this article talks about how the mothers, I think they, the mothers' guild is what they called themselves, and they made quilts for all these boys' um, beds inside the the home. So now. Um, they're reinvigorating from I think 2006 on and they are recreating those original quilts for the home so it's just a really interesting article and I, I'll tell you a few highlights of this magazine but really I urge you to go buy it because it's a really really good issue under favorite finds there were a couple of nice things and some really cute labels quilt labels and I was thinking wow these are really cute designs for your quilt labels like snowman ones for winter and scarecrow ones for autumn and then it turns out that the labels are uh, being put out by Deborah Gable and Deborah Gable is from Zebra Patterns and Deborah very nicely back in 2011 designed my quilt cabana logo for me we had gone back and forth she was helping me um, figure out how to get my patterns printed and which software to use and she suggested that maybe I could use a better logo and she designed it for me free of charge so I'm happy to say that I'm seeing these beautiful quilt labels and I look down and there they are they're Deborah's so it says choose from more than 150 black and white labels that you can customize with software print or trace onto fabric and embellish the designs on the newly released quilt label collective CD volume 3 include whimsical and traditional styles holiday, birthday, wedding, and baby themes. This says black and white, but I have to tell you that um, they're pictured in color, so that just might be a typo. Okay, on, an, on other pages in this magazine, there's a very nice article about Jean Wells and her quilting journey. Gorgeous projects, everything from towels to wine holders to stockings. Let's see, what else did, oop, what else did I dog ear here? Uh, let's see. Oh, I noticed in the back of the magazine there's a new mid-arm quilting machine called the Quinique, Q apostrophe N-I-Q-U-E, from the Grace Company. And it's boasting that it's an affordable, professional mid-arm quilting machine. So if you want to check that out, go onto the Grace Company website, have a look. If you're in the market for something new like that. Oh, and there were these adorable seasonal pillows made with uh, felted wool, red and white, which seems to be my color theme this month. I'm really digging the red and white. Okay, so, well, that's enough of that magazine, but like I said, American Patchwork and Quilting, December 2014, you won't be sorry. And in McCall's Quilting, this looks like the December issue as well, November, December. There's a page in here advertising the 2015 Hoffman Fabric Challenge. And I have to say, the fabric for this challenge is called Pomegranate Gold from their Mandalay collection. And it is ugly as sin. I had thought about maybe trying the Hoffman Challenge this year where you use their fabric and you can add, I think, in some of your own. And there's prizes, cash and products and stuff. And I thought, oh, that might be fun to try. Well, not when I saw this fabric, because I can't think of a single thing to make with it. But you can check that out. And 
McCall's Quilting also had some cute projects in here this month. But I didn't doggy ear any of the pages other than that. So, except for, oh, 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 except for a Peppermint Santa table topper that is so cute. It's really darling. It's uh, nine blocks, and they're all a big Santa face, and they're adorable, and there's big peppermint candies separating the blocks. So that's a cute one. Okay. Next up was Fawns and Porter's Love of Quilting November-December issue. And in there's so many tips, I thought this was cute. Someone named Karen Follett wrote in to say, I like to turn small cups, like teacups, that I find at garage sales into pin cushions. I cut a large fabric circle, stitch a running stitch around the edge, and stuff it with fiber fill. Gather the edge and glue the bottom to the inside of the cup. They're quick and easy to make, and they are so cute. That was cute. And also, in this one, they had some really, really adorable wool projects that were all made by Diane Tomlinson. She's an editor over there. A really cute pin cushion, coasters, eyeglass holder. Really, really cute. And the coasters are quilt blocks. Super cute stuff. And the last magazine for today is The Quilt Life, which was their October issue, which was their last issue ever, which makes me very sad because I really found this magazine to be very informative. And there was a nice section on tips and how-to on fabric dyeing by Ricky Timms. We all know he does beautiful work. A nice article on, uh, luminos on luminosity by Joan Wolfram and uh, how she gets her quilts to have that luminous look about them. That was interesting as well. Also, oh, that's the one on fabric dyeing. Hold on a minute. Oh, there was also a nice article on how to get uh, stains out of quilts. And then something I found particularly interesting because I really haven't heard about this before. I'm sure you all have. But they're talking about Japanese topes, which are sort of, in this article, they're calling it browns, the color browns, sophisticated cousin. And all of these um, quilts that they show are done with these taupe fabrics, and they're beautiful. They're really stunning. And, you know, I guess it would be really <laughs> the definition of low volume. We talk about low volume quilts. Well, I think these are definitely low volume. And at first, when I looked at them, I thought, oh, I don't think I'd ever be into that. But the more you look at it, the more you see the beauty in these colors. And um, it's, they're really very pretty. The article was written by... Hold on, I'll find it. Rosita... Nope, Jan McGee. And she made a beautiful quilt with these topes called Rosita Meadows. And the pattern for that is in here. And it's sort of like a winding ways type quilt. And uh, it's just gorgeous. So I think that was it for this magazine. Yep. So I did get through four magazines this month. Uh, Might have been one or two more. I just didn't set them aside. And right now I'm out of quilting magazines. So I'm waiting for my next batch to come in. And my next digital one to show up, which is... Uh, Arts. I get that one on my Kindle and I really like that one too. So I think that that will wrap up this 
40th episode of Quilt Cabana Corner. I hope that you've enjoyed listening today. Please drop me a line and let me know how you are. I love to hear from everyone. You can reach me at sosandy8 at yahoo.com. That's S-E-W-S-A-N-D-I, the number 8, at yahoo.com. You can submit a contact form on quiltcabanapatterns.com. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I am Quilt Cabana on Twitter, Quilt Cabana Patterns on Facebook, and Sandy Caldwell, I think, on Instagram. Don't forget to come visit my online shop. And in the next episode, (laughs) you can find out what's happening in the great annual Christmas tree lighting competition between myself and my neighbor, Paul. Now, I actually already have a Christmas tree up on my second floor, and he does not. So I consider myself winning as far as that's concerned right now. For those of you who maybe have not listened for a long time, but uh, Paul and I have this great race every morning to see who gets our Christmas tree turned on first. And uh, it got a little crazy last year. We ended up both getting remote controls for our Christmas tree. Our trees were turned on at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Our neighbors thought we were crazy. Um, but we have a good time. <laughs> half the time he wins, half the time I win. But anyways, uh, I was thinking maybe this year we should have a new rule where you do not get up in the middle of the night to put your tree on. You, It's only when you're up for the day. So like, you know, 5 or 6 in the morning. But I'm thinking already he's not going to go for that because about two weeks ago, I was coming home, I think, from a college visit with Amanda, and Paul had stolen our jack-o'-lantern and left us a lighted plastic Christmas penguin in its place. (laughs) So he is ready for the holidays, and the day after Thanksgiving is when the trees go up, and then that Saturday morning... It's on. Game on. So you will have to tune in to find out uh, how I'm faring in that competition this year. So take care of yourselves. Go do something quilty. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.